I know that there is a <clears throat> typically a key verse in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. You know, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the most part of the earth. And sometimes that Acts 1, 8 verse tends to unfold the book of Acts of sorts. You know, chapters are expanding rings of influence and impact. Uh, this morning, however, I want to jump to the second chapter. And uh, really the concluding verses of the second chapter. And it's uh, talking about the, what Christian community is to be about. Uh, so it doesn't make a difference whether there's 200 or 20. We, we are in relationship to one another, and so we are in community. And what that community is to look like is described here. So I want to read the portion of Scripture, and then we'll talk a little bit about a few of the things that are part of the components of spiritual community, genuine Christian community. Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Um, <clears throat> this portion of Scripture provides a good snapshot of the things that are important in Christian community. What are the things that need to be in any group of believers, uh, the things that will bind them together, draw them together, keep them together in the midst of all of the challenges that are that are they're facing, that we're facing and encounter. There's a desperate need in our world today for the church to be the church, not just a, a building with a program that people go to and go through, but rather it's a gathering of people where the presence of Christ is alive and active by his Holy Spirit, and he's impacting people's lives because Jesus is set loose in the midst of his body. And so relationships are built and, and strength uh, ties are strengthened. In this portion of Scripture, I think there are some key components, and I'm just going to hit a few of them. I will tell you that we'll probably come back around on this portion of Scripture again once we start in Acts chapter 1 because there's, there's probably about 10 different ways you can approach this portion of Scripture. So we'll, so we'll be around on it again. And I want you to know also, uh, just when I, when I tend to go through book study, I'm never in a hurry, okay? So if, if, if we may block off and say, okay, we're going to cover Acts 1, 1 through 11. But we may not get to verse 11. We may have to be a to-be-continued kind of thing, okay? Because you never know, uh, that's the wonder of preaching, is that you never know what direction God will take you. You may have things lined out, but if, if the preacher is going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and he uh, says, now slow down here, Charlie, uh, that's what he would say to me. Uh, if your name's not Charlie, he won't tell you to slow down. But... But it, slow down a little bit here, and, and just let's let's go here, and uh, <clears throat> that's that's part of the, the wonder 
and the and the the delight of preaching is to just be sensitive to what God's voice has to say to us. So let's look let's look at a couple of things. So now you know a little bit more about where we're going to go. But for today, Acts chapter two. Um, I'll give you my commercial first. I didn't write this book, but boy, I tell you, this book was very helpful uh, for us uh, in our church at a season when we needed to understand what it meant to be the body of Christ. More than just running programs, you could I mean, programs can come out all over. <laughs> I mean, you can do a wanna, you can do pioneer clubs if they still have those things in existence. You can do uh, all kinds of help programs. You can do, uh, uh, there's a herd of different kinds of programs that can be done. But uh, this particular book by Larry Crabb is called Connecting. And uh, I, I brought this, uh, this is an extra copy. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking for a good read, I'm more than willing to let you take a look at this, this thing. It's very helpful. I'll make a few observations from it. But it, it really ties into the heart of what we are to be about in terms of the body of Christ. So let's start. Uh, first component in terms of this portion of Scripture uh, is the component of connectedness. I probably tipped my hand when I said, here's the name of the book, Connecting. So you got, you got, that's a first good guess. Our connectedness with one another. Now, uh, that connectedness, first of all, is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible with you or if you can handle your smartphone fast enough to get to Ephesians chapter 1, uh, you'll, you'll find this particular description. I can get to it quickly as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, I realize that read quickly, but that particular verse talks about the work of God on our behalf through Christ, and we are connected to him. Any relationship that exists in the church has got to be based upon our mutual relationship to Jesus Christ. It starts there. You can have a group of people in the same building, the same church facility, and they can be connected on a number of different levels. They can be co-workers. They could be family. They could be uh, neighbors. And, and so they come to church because someone else comes to church or they're connected in a variety of ways. But if we understand what connectedness really is about, it's connectedness because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You, you, you stop and think about it. Right? We're all different. We're all, I mean, there's gender issues, there's background issues, all the things that make us us unique. And, uh, but yet all of that can be bridged. It doesn't need to be a barrier. It can be a bridge into relationship with one another because of what Jesus has done. He's put us in this thing called family. That phrase was used earlier. Frank was using it when he's talking about the, the sense of, of that we are together in this process and we are a family. So that first component of connectedness is all because of the base of our relationship uh, upon uh, faith in Jesus Christ. It's also nurtured by a sense of togetherness. Uh, togetherness. One of the things that the church needs to somehow capture, every church, regardless of its size, uh, 
needs to capture is a sense of belonging, a sense of being together. And I realize you can be in the same building and really not care about connecting with some people. Maybe you sit on that side of the church. I'm not picking on this side of the church, but because you don't like the people on that side of the church. It's possible that people go to the same facility, and I've, had, I've, I've talked with people, and they said, I won't sit anywhere near you know, that person because I, I, just don't, I just don't care for them. And I think, okay, well, all right. You can choose to do that, but that's, that's not what the love of God calls us to do. And while there are things maybe that people do that displease you, it, it does not abdicate you of the responsibility to love one another. And we'll get to some of those pieces as well. But there's a, there's this nurture of this connectedness by the by the sense of togetherness. In this in this particular portion of scripture, verse 44 says, "All the believers were together and had everything in common." Verse 46, jumping down, they broke bread in their homes and ate together. So they were connected to one another, but they were with one another. One of the challenges is for any church to avoid just seeing one another on Sunday. You can go, it's possible, and maybe this has been your journey this past week, you may have, you may have gone the whole week without connecting with anybody from your body, from the body of Christ. And if you're doing that, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but boy, you just don't get to grow a whole lot. There, there's, there, there's not a lot of affirmation that goes on, not a lot of sense of, I'm concerned about you. I want to know what's going on in your world. And so it, this whole sense, they were together, and I think they, hang, they hung out together. I think when any, one, of the, one of the good, healthy marks of a church is that they, they seem to be okay together. And I, uh, I would hope that that can be a characteristic of, of your body here. I know sometimes people come to church, they're the last one in and they're the first one out. And they just, I, I have, I have a, a, a friend of mine who, who, who purposely comes late to church because he doesn't want to say hello to a lot of people and bails out before the benediction because he doesn't want to deal with a lot of people. Now, that, that's, not, that's not the way it ought to be. I mean, you, you pray with your love, you, you do what you can to try to help them understand that there is important stuff that can be gained by being in connectedness with the body of Christ. But that's one of the components. The body of Christ is connected. This particular book by Larry Crabb has some wonderful observations. Let me just give you a real quick some of the quotey kinds of things. He says, he says these. Uh, Beneath all our problems, there are desperately hurting souls that must find the nourishment only community can provide. Now you pull that phrase, the simple phrase apart. Desperately hurting soul. Do you know anybody in your connection, web of influence or whatever, who's hurting? It may be people right here. I mean, you shared some needs here already this morning of, of some of the hurts and just kind of you feel with one another. Uh, that's desperately hurting souls that must find the nourishment only community can provide. The problem beneath our struggles, he says, is disconnected soul. So somebody's trying to live this Christian life but not connected to anybody else. They're trying to be the Lone Ranger 
They're trying to do things on their own. And, and I'm not doubting that, that you know, you can, you can cultivate a heart with God, read your Bible regularly, personally, and cultivate. I, I'm not doubting that, but that's not what he has intended us to be. We are people in community. We are people who are together. And we need to be open to the Spirit of God working in us so that we can connect with people beside us and about us. He says the greatest need in modern civilization is the development of communities. True communities where the heart of God is home, where the humble and wise learn to shepherd those on the path behind them, where trusting strugglers lock arms with others as they together journey on. Grabbing arms and locking arms and then walking together. He'll talk about three ingredients of healing community. God provides us a taste of Christ delighting in us, which is the heart of connecting and accepting who we are, envisioning who we would be. Now, that first piece is important because it talks about a taste of Christ delighting in us. One of the things we have a little bit of a problem with at times is believing that Jesus loves me for who I am. We want to clean ourselves up and get good enough so that Jesus will love me because now I've fixed everything. Now, the message of the gospel is... There isn't a whole lot you can do to clean yourself up good enough to impress God. You might as well, you might as well accept the fact that you're a mess, and I'm a mess. And it is Christ who comes and meets us in our mess, and He delights in us. There is, uh, without going into a lot of other theological freight, there is this thing in Latin called imago dei. It's called the image of God. We are made in the image of God. And whatever that may mean, there's a lot of stuff about that. uh, it, It means that there's something inside of us that Christ finds sufficient to delight in. I know that if we talk about total depravity and there isn't anything, but I, I believe that if that image of God is true, that there's something inside, there's a divine spark at very least, even though it's badly marred by the fall, all those kinds of things. I believe there is something that Jesus looks at in spite of our mess or even through our mess and says, man, there's, there's something in there that I, that I gave, my, gave my life for and I want to give myself to and I want to have life come forth from that person and I want you to, I want you to be able to live unshackled without the chains on, good visual in terms of the music today, uh, unshackled, unfettered, so that we can live free, unchained to be before God. He says also uh, he searches within us for the good that he's put there, and he affirms our worth even though the image of God is severely damaged. You may think it's totally, totally damaged, and um, I'm not going to get into big arguments on that kind of thing, but there's a little bit of something in there that he's coming after, and he longs to pull it out of us and then do a redemptive work inside of us to conform us to the image of his son. He exposes what is bad and painful and disrupts our lives to reveal his grace, which is greater than all our sin, and our pain. Those are kind of like three ingredients of healing community. And and if you didn't get them, they're, they're not in the notes. That's not in the notes. So if you're sitting there, where, 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 where are we? Where are we? We're still on the first point. So just hang in there. And, and you have to listen to the sermon online if you want to dig back down around 
uh, on some things again. But that whole piece there is the component of connectedness, and God longs for us to be connected. Now, the next piece, however, is equally important, if not more important to me, anyways. And that's the component of brokenness. Brokenness. So let me talk a little bit about, about that. We, we, I don't know why we do this, but, but it is what we do. We, we kind of figure, first I'll get my life all together. I'll get it all figured out, and I'll become a good Christian. And I'll, I'll, I'll do all the right things. And then I'll be able to help other people. Um, this is something that we're going to come around to on Mother's Day. Okay? In terms of, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what the message title is. My mom's the weakest. You won't find that on a card if you look around. You won't find that on a Mother's Day card. You'll have, my mom's the greatest. My mom's the best. You know, that kind of thing. When I was in, uh, when I was in uh, grade school, I, uh, I remember uh, it was winter time. And one little kid, uh, I was a fifth grader. I was top of the food chain there. You know, and they had these second graders come into our room. And he was concerned about the snow fort that they had built outside during recess. And didn't want any of these big fifth graders destroying it. And so he came in, this little kid, I just pictured, I, uh, he came in and he said, we would like you please not to destroy our fort out there. It's the biggerest one. I thought, wow, that's an interesting use of language there. Biggerest one. Uh, so you want to be you want to be kind and careful. So we, we did that we did that kind of thing. But if we're talking about my mom's the weakest, when we get to that portion of scripture on Mother's Day, it's talking about people who are broken, who don't have it all together. And one of the one of the best realizations that you and I can have is that we don't have it all together. And the sooner we accept that, the better it will be because then Christ can begin to work in us and enable us to be all he longs for us to be uh, as followers of him. In Psalm 51, uh, uh, if you want to jump back there, find it fairly quickly, Psalm 51 and verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. It's that issue of brokenness. And in that brokenness, a couple things. One, we there's an admission of our woundedness. An admission of our woundedness. We are imperfect people all. I, I gave you the reference there in 2 Corinthians 12. You can check that out. Uh, but but we are we are wounded people. I mean I I shouldn't have to prove that to you. You know there are things that happen in our world that cause us hurt. Sometimes there are things that we didn't ask. Most of the time there are things that we didn't ask for, but they came our way. It may have been unkind words. It may have been unkind actions. It may have been deeds that somebody did to us. Somebody put the screws to us somewhere along the way. And or maybe there were harsh words that were spoken, and, and you can still hear them. And Satan continues to kind of play that record over and over in your head that you're worthless, that you're no good, 
that you, that you'll never amount to anything. And and those kinds of wounds come in terms of words. And the thing that we need to do is admit, yeah, we're all wounded. We're all broken people. But, but we need to be people who find our healing emotionally, physically, spiritually in Christ. And he's the one that does that work within us. Our natural inclination is to protect or to hide, to be safe from people, but not safe with people. Uh, that Was that? Yeah, it's on there. Uh, Look at that again, real quick. Our natural inclination is to protect or hide. That's why people sometimes go to large churches so they can fit in with the gang or the crowd and be anonymous. And so nobody knows me. Nobody knows how wrecked I am. And they can go in, do their religious duty, and go out unchanged. Our natural inclination is to protect or hide. In a, in, it doesn't make a difference to size. In a, in a body of this size, there are people who are in here who may be protecting something that they don't want anybody else to know about. Because, because they are afraid if they were known, they would not be loved. I want to tell you that in the body of Christ, you have to be honest with one another to be open with one another in order for God's love to be shed abroad by the Holy Spirit and through the body of Christ. It is the Christ in me longing to reach out and connect with the Christ in you to provide that place of healing and help, encouragement along the way. To be safe from people, not safe with people. We, we, we have our insulation around us that we keep in place because we don't want to be vulnerable. And yet the body of Christ is intended to be a people, a place where people come to this hospital and experience help and healing uh, through the hands of other brothers or sisters. We sang that song today, uh, the servant song. We'll sing it at the end. Um, Brother, let me let me come to you. Let me let me open up my heart to you, and, and you can open your heart to me, so that we can experience healing that comes through the power of Christ. It's admission of our woundedness, but it's also acceptance of the wounded. Sometimes people don't go to church because they don't think they're good enough. They don't go because somebody's going to look down on me and they'll think less of me, maybe because of who I am or what I've done or what I do. There may, there may be all kinds of things that keep people from coming to a place of connectedness uh, because uh, they feel they're too broken. They're too broken. I, 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 wish, uh, I wish I could just take a, a seat, you know, and sit down and just talk with you and, and, and say, where, where is it that you're struggling? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a financial mess that you're in. Maybe you're, maybe you're just struggling with a sense of worth, who you are. Maybe you're depressed a lot, or maybe you're discouraged about this, that, or the other. It can be so. You dialogue together and see where they're at, and then allow the Spirit of God to come, because He can do. He does what we can't. He does what we can't. It is the Spirit of God who is able to bring light and life and truth to the hearts of people that are really wrestling with stuff. 
and he longs to do that and, and will uh, will do that. It's that component of brokenness. So so we're not we'll come around on that again, but just understand it's okay to be broken. Will you say that with me? It's okay to be broken. It's okay to be broken. Because God is in the business of fixing stuff that's broken. And he will do what, what I cannot. He'll do what you cannot. It is him that is able to be the solution to the challenges that we face. Component of connectedness, component of brokenness. One final component is the component of care. Component of care. Now, let me tell you, I don't know what the best way is to describe so I'm going to do what it isn't and what it is, okay? So let me tell you what care isn't. Now, when you talk about caring for people, hopefully you're, you're genuinely, compassionately involved. You're, 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 you're not sympathy, but empathy, okay? Let's use those two words. You're feeling with somebody. You're not just feeling sorry for them or showing some kind of pity because uh, I'll show pity on you because I know I'm better than you are. You know, I don't have those kinds of problems, you know. But but actual care is and isn't something. What it isn't. It doesn't mean care in the body of Christ does not mean that I'm just congenial. That I'm just a friendly kind of person. You greet one another. There can be people that shake your hand, maybe have station greeters, uh, some churches do. And, and, and some people, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Uh, some people just seem to ooze the love of God. And you don't have to assign them to agree to. They're busy about it. They're just they just seem like they like to come up to people and 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 in a gracious way and just make them feel welcome and 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 that that's the congeniality. But that's not what caring is because you can be congenial and greeted by a Walmart greeter if you want. You know I mean, those people do exist and they can be very friendly too, even though their number is being dwindled from what I understand. But that's another issue. That's not my problem. Um, it, it, it's more than being, it's not merely being congenial. It's not merely being cooperative. In the body of Christ, sometimes you'll have things where you'll, you'll butt heads on issues. You'd be, you, you know, uh, there's a, a famous uh, pastor, writer, his name is E. Stanley Jones. E. Stanley Jones. And he has this wonderful saying that if I had enough money, I'd put it on my tombstone. Um, here's the saying. You'll, you'll hear it a hundred times if I'm here through the end of the year anyways or whatever long. Here we enter a fellowship. Sometimes we will agree to differ. Always we will resolve to love and unite to serve. That's a good tombstone saying, in my opinion. Anyways, here we enter a fellowship. Sometimes we will agree to differ. But always we will resolve to love and unite to serve. So it's, it's, it's more than just kind of trying to get along and be cooperative. It's more, this caring is more, or more than just being consoling somebody, where you put your arm around them and you say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's more than that. Caring moves a little different. It's more than being a counselor, uh, where you feel like you've got to fix somebody. Now, when a paralytic man had a need, and the only person who could address that need was Jesus. He had four friends, and they weren't counselors. They were carriers. They were people who simply carted him to the person who could solve the problem, and that was Jesus. And so they rip a roof off and lower him down, and Jesus heals him, and the man takes up his mat 
and, and blast off. Uh, but it's more than just being somebody who's there to fix somebody as a counselor. Now, I, I, I don't minimize at all the importance of Christian counseling, especially, but, but very skilled counselors as well to try to help provide insight to move to change behavior or brace belief differences, whatever that may be. But it's caring is more than that. It's more than more than also conforming to expectations, more than just trying to get you to behave better, to, to, to just shape up. It, it's more than that. Caring is more than that. Let me tell you what I think it is. Caring is a provision of a place of safety for broken people. Is this place, City Light Church, a place where people can feel safe so they won't be judged? They won't be criticized. They won't be undercut. Hopefully it is. And that doesn't come easily. It comes by the hard work of loving broken people, of caring for them. And there is, there is the work of trying to provide a place of safety. Uh, Larry Crabb also wrote another book. Well, he wrote a whole bunch of books, but there's another book I love the title of. It's called The Safest Place on Earth. And for him, the safest place on earth was to be our home. Our home as the safest place so that we can be free to be who we are Warts and all in process. It's also, caring is also a ministry to people from a place of brokenness. That's why I say it's important. I said it's okay to be broken. Uh, until you realize your brokenness and your woundedness, you really will not be well equipped to serve other people. If you've got it all together, and you're convinced that you've got it all together just fine, and I can help anybody and everybody. Just bring them in line. Stand them up like a healing line. We'll just, we'll just fix this guy around. And until you come to the place of brokenness where you realize that your only help and their only help is in Jesus, there probably won't be a whole lot of caring that goes on. Um, it's one of those lines on these things that someone put, put this way. People don't know. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And caring is an important piece in this whole process and providing uh, a ministry from a place of brokenness. So we experience healing for the hurts and the woundedness that comes in our life. And then that enables us to be able to touch the base, touch the lives of people. Who, who is it that is able to, to feel with someone who has lost someone uh, in unexpected death. Many times it can be the person who experienced that very, thing, very same thing themselves. And it doesn't mean I have to experience every, every event in life in order to be able to serve others because it's more about Jesus and, 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 and him ministering to those needs than it is about me. But sometimes there are things that I can identify with and I know what, 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 what they're experiencing. You can just, you're just, God enables you to, Connect with it. And there's our word again, connecting at that point. It's ministry from a place of brokenness. It's also giving from a life that's enabled by the Spirit. Again, this is a God thing. 
It is the Spirit of God who works in us and through us to be able to touch the lives of people beyond our natural abilities. This is not about my ability to fix things or be a counselor or a consoler or be a nice guy. Or could you, it's, it's just enabled by the Spirit of God. That's why the Scriptures call us to be live that life in the power of the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit of Christ dwell in you in all wisdom and, 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 and then relate to one another in a variety of different ways, giving from a life enabled by the Spirit. And then seeing from the purpose of conforming to the image of Christ. In other words, as we walk as the body of Christ, our goal is to become Christ-like. The phrase was used earlier, little Christs. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's not, I'm not trying, well, the scriptures do say, be an imitator of me, as Paul says, be an imitator of me, even as I am an imitator of Christ. And and so there is a sense of genuine imitation uh, that, that we're to be about, but my my sense is that Jesus is much more interested in enabling us to be conformed to the image of him and become more Christ-like from that side. The, the scriptures call us to uh, to be one another people. And there are, there's probably a whole lot of uh, portions of scripture that I could reference. I mean, here's, here's, here's two pages worth, if, if you want it. You know, I could probably give you this litany of things in terms of the one another's of scripture. I, all I can tell you, I will tell you this, there's a bunch of them. If you will take the time to look at the one another's of Scripture and how we relate to one another, there's a lot of room in here for us to be encouraging and ministering to one another. Now, I don't know if this describes City Light Alliance Church or City Light Church. Um, if, if it's a place of connectedness, if, it's, this, if this is genuine Christian, authentic Christian community, my prayer is that it will be and as we expose ourselves to the truth of his word, that we'll just, we'll just get hungry for that kind of thing uh, so that we can become real people. Um, and, and it's kind of like uh, kind of like loving the fur off the velveteen rabbit. You know, uh, you just want to love people in order that Christ can become real to them and you get to demonstrate his love and care uh, for them. Um, I've been doing this thing a long while in terms of pastoral ministry, uh, not as long as some, longer than others. And I've done enough services in life, so I've probably had services up to my eyeballs, more than enough for a lifetime. And I've been to a variety of different churches and all different kinds and different contexts. But... uh, a number of years ago, um, 50 now, about 50 I think it was, that Martin Luther King delivered an address called, I have a dream, I have a dream. And maybe you've read that or listened to it, and when, you know, the, you know, the things that were part of that. I have a dream also for any body of Christ, for any church. So let me tell you my dream. And I would long for this for City Light as well. I, I, I felt prompted one day to just kind of put this down. So I'll, let me just read it for you. Now we're going to close and we're going to come back to the song that just calls us to a place of connectedness.
I have a dream. A dream that one day the church, the body of Christ, will move from being a place where nice people who generally like each other and who gather for their hour and a half to do their religious duties will move from being a place to becoming a place where redeemed people come with intentional purpose to worship the Father and serve each other in community. I have a dream that the church, the bride of Christ, will be more than five minutes of how are you today, greeting, of each other to longer moments of genuine caring and praying with and for each other. I have a dream that the church, the flock of God, will move from program-centered activities that keep people busy to people-centered ministry where the Spirit of God is readily welcomed and actively at work. I have a dream that the church, the people of God, will be a place of attraction, not merely because of their facilities or their staff, but mainly because God is really among them in authentic Christian community. That's my dream. And regardless of the size of a congregation, I believe that they can encounter and discover and be authentic Christian community when they're willing to be open, acknowledge the need for connectedness, acknowledge the place of brokenness in their own world, and demonstrate care for one another in a healthy, wholesome way. So that's my prayer. It's what you probably long for and need today. It's one of those opportunities that God will give us as we march together, locking arms. Be sure of your connectedness to Christ, first of all. Let that be an important piece and allow him to heal your brokenness and empower you to become a part of a community that is Christ-like to its core. To him, we come. You come today. I want you to pause with me for prayer, and then we're going to conclude our time of worship uh, by singing the servant song again. Let's pray. So, Father, um, I, I believe that this is the heart of what the church is to be about. It's more than a building that's X number of years old and been through a flood and it's had its ups and downs and challenges. I believe that this is intended to be an authentic Christian community where the life of Jesus is set loose and he is free to move among us and keep us from just going through motions and routine and say, this is my church, I go to it because it's in the community or whatever the reason may be. We ask you, Father, to uh, begin to set a fire in our life, uh, new and afresh, so we'll get hungry for this picture that, that we'll be really connected to one another, genuinely, because of our connectedness with Christ. My prayer is that you would just continue to work and stir among our hearts uh, as we are conformed to the image of Jesus and able to fulfill your dream for your body in this place. Thank you for what you'll do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we close in worship.
<clears throat> before we pronounce benediction, I always want to remind you that uh, whenever you come as the body of Christ gathered, if there's a need that you have, we, we want to be able to pray with and for one another. That's one of the one another's that I didn't read to you. But uh, my prayer is that you'd be open to that. And, and if there's a need, someone in whom you have confidence and you would appreciate prayer, you make your way to them and uh, just allow the Spirit of Christ in them to connect with the Spirit of Christ in you to find a place of help and healing along the way. So let's pray. Father, we will go from this place with the blessing of heaven attending the Spirit of God upon us as we leave. But we are grateful that we can be the body of Christ who cares for one another. And so my prayer is that as we go from this place, we will always remember we never leave your presence. You will be the one who encourages and helps us step by step. And this week ahead, perhaps you will lay upon our hearts one person or another for whom we certainly will be praying. But maybe there might be even a prompting to reach out and connect and uh, be the arms and hands of Jesus to them. So we we go from this place uh, with the blessing of God, his grace and his mercy and his peace to attend us. And may we be servants, profitable servants for the kingdom as we go. In Jesus' name, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray, and all God's people say, amen. And amen. Go in his grace. Greet one another as you go.